0: Today is Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Jack Phillips, Christian Baker, who has been sued more times than probably any Baker in history, is back in court yet again. Well, of that top story and more on today's podcast. We bring you news from a Christian perspective. Tragon's Phillips and Billy Halliwell from CBN's Faithwire join me now to get through the news of the cray, as we like to call it. So, guys, what's going on? Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday! I'm excited.
1: We're like here. Happy Monday.
0: It is. It mm-hmm. is. Jack Phillips again. I mean, how about that? It's it's Baking getting ridiculous at this to. point. taking up a for night. Walk, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, you've been waiting <laughs> for that can't one all in day. the courtroom these days. Yeah, it's uh, it is rough, and there's there's a different twist behind that. We'll get into the details on that. And also, a professor has made the oh-so-big mistake of declaring there are two genders, and now is facing some consequences for that. We'll have that story coming up. Plus, on the main thing, Hocus Pocus 2, should we be concerned? Some pastors are saying yes, that'll be on the main thing. But first, we're going to go through the news here in 90 seconds. Well, Democrat Nuri Martinez resigned as president of the Los Angeles City Council yesterday. One day, this is after racist leaked audio was released, where Martinez and another councilman Um, were caught on the recording making these comments about council member Mike Bonin, who is a gay white man and his adopted black son. Awful comments there, and um, Nuri had to resign and did so yesterday. So Colorado Christian Baker, Jack Phillips, is back in court again. This time, he chose not to make a cake celebrating a gender transition. Back in 2018, Phillips had won a partial victory at the Supreme Court on his other case, refusing to make a cake for a gay wedding, but then an activist right on the day of that ruling called up and asked for his hypothetical transgender celebration cake and he refused to do it because of his beliefs and then they filed a lawsuit and that's been ongoing since it's back in court yet again. And a super typhoon, the strongest storm to hit the Philippines this year, is affecting half a million Filipinos. Many lost their homes and Sources of Livelihood. Uh, You can read more about that and what Operation Blessing is doing to help over at CBNNews.com. So guys, as we mentioned at the top, we've got Jack Phillips in court yet again. And he just can't see it. It's it's, honestly, it's getting absurd at this point.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's so predatory, right? The, The claim was that this wasn't happening, that people weren't kind of going after these Christian bakers, and yet... Here you are watching an example of somebody literally trying to bait somebody else. And I. not only is that unfortunate, it's a dangerous wielding of the law against Christian business owners. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, all of this, it seems like from the beginning has just been uh, trying to goat him into different things, right? It's a, It's been this decision that we are gonna vilify this small business owner and do everything that we can to destroy his career, which is like you were saying, Billy, it's just awful that we're using laws that are put in place for good reason but we're vilifying this human and using everything against him in particular. Uh, it just is, it, it's sinister in nature.
0: It is. I mean, it, it makes you think of Memories Pizza. If everyone remembers that story, when these RFRA laws in Indiana, they, people thought, oh, this is going to be, you know, uh, people are going to be denied. And so they, they looked up a Christian um, pizza place. And then tried to call and order pizzas for a gay wedding, which, you know, who would cater a wedding with pizzas? I don't think that happens very often. And so it just was a dishonest, you know, not in good faith uh, maneuver and to try to get someone in trouble. That one backfired and Memories Pizza ended up getting a huge GoFundMe. But um, it's
2: and a lot of gay people supported them, yeah. you Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they
0: didn't like that tactic. And it's it's just I mean, that that company wasn't doing anything to anybody. And. Um, it, you you really have to go out of your way to find like this widespread instance of just this discrimination happening. It has to get very specific um, for it to be that way and you, you know you should just understand like okay, look, not everyone's gonna give me every single product I want and that just because that might happen to you one time does not mean that there's some big widespread discrimination uh, or discrimination at all happening. Sometimes you just have to accept that, Hey, you know, if I go into a Muslim bakery and I ask for all these things that are Christian or go against their beliefs or you know, a cartoon, you know, that was mean to Muhammad. I have to expect that maybe they're not going to make that for me.
2: Maybe they're not going to be, maybe they're not going to be overjoyed about doing that. And if you'll remember um, years ago, you know, I I remember interviewing printers, a lesbian owned print shop in New Jersey, and they were defending Jack Phillips over this because they were saying, look, if a church came and told us to make some anti, you know, gay, you know, paraphernalia, we wouldn't want to do that. And we would want the freedom not to do that. And I thought, I just think it's interesting to see people come together like that from different planes.
0: You know? Yeah, well, because I, I just think you need to understand the difference between actually discriminating against somebody, you know, a gay person walks in and you're, hey, we don't serve gays here, versus a honestly held religious belief, which is a right. Christian belief is is marriage is between a man and a woman. So You have to understand going in that if this person is outwardly expressing their faith in relation to their business, that maybe this isn't the best business for me on this because maybe they won't feel comfortable. We talk a lot about making people feel comfortable these days. It doesn't seem like one side is willing To make certain Christians feel comfortable in their walk of life.
1: Well, I mean, and how long before? So if we start wielding these laws against conservatives or against Christians, all it takes is one election, right? And then the power is switched to another party. And now those same rules that have been put in place are being used the opposite direction. I'm not saying that would happen, but who's to say it wouldn't either, you know? So I I just, you know. You shouldn't just want to protect free speech that you or speech that you like. That's
0: not free speech. Hundred percent. Free
1: speech is protecting the stuff that you abhor and the stuff that you like.
0: Correct. And look, and if you're concerned about the government wielding power against people in different views, just look what's happening to Mark Hauk and other pro-lifers. I mean, they're seeing the FBI come in big numbers to their houses over minor infractions. So everything is in play these days. It's not. It's not out of the realm of possibility. All right, let's, uh, let's head into our next story here. And uh, Trey, this college professor from Maine, they're getting a lot of heat. What did they say and what was the fallout? So, you know, 10 years ago,
1: what this professor said would hardly be a yeah. controversial. I mean, it shouldn't be controversial at all now. But so a professor at the University of Southern Maine, uh, it's in Portland, Maine. Her name is Dr. Christy Hammer. She's an associate professor of education there. She told her graduate level students that there are only two biological sexes hardly controversial, but again, in 2022, that is. Uh, So she reportedly made the comment uh, on September 7th during a lecture uh, for a course titled Creating a Positive Learning Environment, which is part of the Extended Teacher Education Program uh, for people getting postgraduate degrees at this university. Uh, The conversation was so uh, wrought that it actually carried on the next week, and September 14th they had more conversation about how what she said was so upsetting uh, among the student body. So this went on for two
0: weeks. So and the students reaction was, I mean, did did most of them let it go or were they all upset or what what was going on?
1: No, most of them did not let it go. There was one student who agreed with her uh, and said so. (laughs) Wow. Uh, The rest in the class, and we don't know exactly the numbers, we don't know how many students were in this class. The university hasn't said and none of the reports locally have listed the number of students that there were, Uh, but they staged a walkout protest on September 14th, the second meeting of this class where this conversation carried over to uh, and then they demanded a quote restorative justice meeting uh, with the head of the school of education and human development uh, their end goal of course was to see the professor uh, dr hammer fired mm. uh, one of the students uh, elizabeth leiberger Uh, identifies as non-binary. She said in local reports that Hammer's comments made her feel, quote, under personal attack. Uh, And then uh, she said, I let her know I didn't think she was qualified to teach a class about positive learning environments. It's the ultimate irony. So Lieberger is, she identifies as non-binary, but it appears to Completely to be a, a female, so uh, but that's that's where it stands right now. As far as the students go, uh, they're most of them were pretty bothered by this comment.
0: And is the university standing? What are they saying? Are they defending the teacher? Are they defending the, his right or their right to speak out, or or not?
1: Well, it's interesting, the university's kind of. It seems like they've tried to walk a middle ground like by saying, no, this is ridiculous. We're not going to fire this woman because she said that there are only two sexes, male and female. So rather than dismiss the professor, the university announced that it's actually going to create a secondary course, an alternative course for students who feel uncomfortable in Hammer's classroom due to her belief that there are only two sexes. Uh, so in a, in a statement, a spokesperson for the university said, we have developed an, al- developed an alternative plan for this class and we'll be opening a new section of this course for those students who would like to move to it. The original section taught by Professor Hammer will continue for any student who wishes to remain in her class. So like I said, it seems like they're trying to walk you know, a careful line here, but kudos to the university in this day and age for not bowing down to that mob yeah. pressure, right? And not dismissing her. They're at least standing by her.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just wonder how students, regardless of where you fall on any of these issues, just put that aside for a minute. The, the mere response of like trying to get other classes, trying to separate and avoid any ideas we may or may not like. We want to try to isolate ourselves from them. How are these students going to make it in the real world when they're are they exposed to all anything? kinds of things? Yeah, how are you learning anything? If, if you only want to hear things that you like and anything else triggers you to the point of you can't be there, it just doesn't seem like a healthy way to try to prepare yourself to engage with a world that's full of billions of people who, uh, by the way, have differing views.
2: Yeah. Even a couple of years ago, I mean, I've been teaching a communications class for about 12 years now um, at different colleges. And I started to notice that this was a trend. You know, we would talk about difficult topics, have a debate about them. And I started to have students say, I can't be here for that debate. I need to get up and walk out of the room and leave while we discuss that. And I had never had that Mm -hmm. happen before. And I said to them, I mean, look, it's your right. You can get up and leave, but you're not going to be able to get up and leave in the real world. That's not how life works. You're going to hear things you don't agree with. And I think now we're dealing with a really toxic sort of end result of allowing that behavior to
0: continue. Yeah. I mean, look, if you want to progress as a society, guys, I mean, you have to hear all of the ideas. Isn't the best way for the best ideas to come out to the forefront and to rise to the top and to help us quote-unquote progress as a society, isn't it to hear all the ideas and let them kind of duke it out in the battlefield of social media and in politics and everything else? Like, let's hear them all. It seems like trying to suppress has will have the exact opposite effect of progress. You're You're going to stifle ideas. You're going to stifle communication. You're going to stifle relationships. You're going to make everyone scared and walking around on eggshells, afraid to get canceled. That doesn't sound like a society that's going to be Uh, progressing, it sounds like one that's going to be regressing into fear, uh, mostly just fear of being canceled, shunned, you know, singled out, whatever else.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think that the the overall point that you're making is true, but I think you can make it even smaller than that, right? If this is this student's view, uh, like that she identifies as non-binary, that it's wrong to say that there are two sexes as a student, wouldn't it be best if that's your, if that's your perspective, wouldn't it be good to then be exposed to the other views so that you can fully understand that, that argument. Yeah, and then you can write more reasoned argument for your perspective. Sure. That's what college is supposed to be about, right? Like I'm supposed to be as a Christian, I should be exposed to other world views so that I can say, look, this is why I'm a Christian. This is why I believe what I believe. And yep. I understand your argument too, but let me, we have an answer for all of those things. Like, I, I think that's just part of being a well-rounded human being, but this yeah. generation, now is, like you were saying, well, if I'm around that, words are violence, and that hurts me too much. I, I can't even handle being in the same room as somebody who has a different idea than
0: me. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. And, and I think even as a parent of four kids ranging from seven to 17, we have tried. Now, I don't know how it's going to all play out, but we have tried to expose them to other, hey, here's what we believe. Not everybody believes this. People believe this and this. And um, trying to let them know about the differing views. And I think that may be an area where the church falls short sometimes in preparing them because you see these kids go off to college or they go out in the world and all of a sudden, you know, the hipster atheist comes along and they're like, Whoa, never thought of that. Um, and they get swayed by these new ideas. I'm like why did mom hide this from me? Why did dad hide this from me? So we try to do that and practice what we preach there and expose them to as many of these ideas as we can and show like, Hey, yeah, Christianity has answers for these things. And I think you're right. I think it should be the same on all topics.
2: Yeah, they yeah. shouldn't be new ideas. Right. right. That's the point, right? It shouldn't be that when they're hearing it, it's the first time they've right. heard Correct. it. And, and that's the challenge, right? My My 10-year-old is coming to me and asking me about transgenderism. Like, she's got questions, right? If I don't answer those questions, somebody else is going to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the takeaway here is if you're a parent, obviously, but even if you're not a parent, you're just part of your local church, I think the takeaway here is to make sure that your Christian community is comfortable with questions, right? Because I would rather ask these questions, what does scripture have to say about sexuality? What is scripture's response to people claiming to be non-binary, whatever it is? I would rather have that conversation in a safe environment and then to your point, Dan, have the answer and then be able to go out and talk about it in, in the world that's hostile toward me already knowing what scripture says and being kind of
0: sure of myself right and 100 percent. and then they're not surprised when they see this emerge up and they're like oh okay yeah that's what that's what mom and dad talked about so i I agree i think that's the way to go but uh interesting story thanks for bringing it and that's going to lead us into our main thing for today hocus pocus too it's getting a lot of attention in secular media but one new york pastor is explaining why christians should be cautious and why the occult is occupying such a prevalent place in today's culture. Billy Halliwell has the story on today's Main Thing.
2: There's a lot of reaction to Hocus Pocus 2, the sequel to the popular 1993 film. It's airing on Disney Plus right now, and lots of people have given it negative critical reviews, but some Christians have warned that the themes within the movie are worthy of being nervous about, that parents should be wary. I sat down with Mike Signorelli, pastor of V1 Church in New York City, to get his take on Hocus Pocus 2. Here's what he had to say. Now there's apparently a more friendly face on witchcraft. Why, why do you think that is? Unpack that a little bit. Well, I'm going to give a
3: biblical answer as a pastor. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14 says, And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. So Satan's always been taking on a form that we will accept. He's not going to show up in a form that we would immediately uh, reject. And so, of course, they're going to put a friendly face uh, to witchcraft, because that's how you normalize it. And that's how you get it to the masses. And I think that's why we have to be discerning. I mean, we've really got to discern like never before. And I think, unfortunately, we'd like to believe that as a society, we're getting better, that we're increasing in knowledge, that we're increasing in wisdom. Unfortunately, it is possible that we would decrease in discernment. And what looks like wisdom to man is actually foolishness to God. And so we've just got to be vigilant.
2: Yeah, and, and I want to read this, and then I want to talk about how we got here. This is just a little snippet from Religion News Service, their coverage of this. They said, Satanic panic is ancient history, and modern witchcraft has fully emerged from the proverbial broom closet, legally recognized and accepted as a spiritual path in religion. They go on to list a bunch of other things. Um, Prison chaplains host Wiccan circles, and Satanists fight openly for religious equality. Occult practices such as tarot are now openly practiced by teens from all walks of life. And all fates. Um, So they then kind of go into the fact that the movie had to sort of adjust to the times, right? And how they presented witchcraft. How did culture get to the point of what I just described?
3: You know, I want to give an answer that I think is uh, not typical because I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, how did we get to the point where you walk into major grocery stores, major retailers, and you can find occult items and items of the new age, where people are trying to access spiritual power without Jesus Christ? And I yes, I think obviously we have the world to blame, but also I think we have the church to blame partly for that. I think what happens is people are seeking uh, the power of God, and unfortunately, if they can't come to a local church and receive prayer, if you know, if 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 people are not believing for healing, if people are not actually confronting the works of darkness like we're taught to do in the Book of Ephesians, sometimes if you go to a church where maybe we we provided people with programs and we've tried so hard hard to give people um, a community and a community experience you can have a form of godliness but denying the power thereof and so what I really see is a generation that is seeking power it's just they don't know that they can actually receive it through uh, the body of Christ and so I think if you're watching this and you are a Christian on one side we're critiquing the new age and we're critiquing these demonic th- infrastructures that are being built in our society but on the other side it's prophets of Baal versus Elijah. Like, we've got to show them
2: uh, that that the power of God is still real. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because Scripture's really clear on these things. We've talked about this in the past, you and I, um, but but Scripture's clear that we should not be engaging with the occult, with fortune tellers, with magic, any of this stuff, right? It's not something we should be engaging in. And yet, even in that religion news service piece, they, they noted that people of different faiths are merging some of this stuff in, um, including some Christians, they're pulling some of this in. I I think what you just said is so important. We have a responsibility to reach people. Uh, Now, a lot of other people in the secular world are laughing at Christians right now. They're seeing some of the reactions to Hocus Pocus 2 and some of these other projects, and they're sort of snickering. But what would you say to those people to try to help them understand why Christians are speaking out about this?
3: Yeah. I mean, first of all, I just want to make it very plain that 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says that the natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. And so if you're watching this right now and you're under scrutiny because you're discerning spiritual things and people think that you're crazy, let me just help you understand that 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 should comfort you. They're never going to understand the things of the Spirit because they, quite frankly, they're dead in the spiritual realm because of their sins. They haven't received uh, forgiveness for their sins and uh, they haven't been washed by the blood of Christ. And so there's going to be a level of foolishness to this, to people. And for me, I've just got to be okay with that. The other thing is in society, what happens is we create a phenomenon where being New Age is almost connected to intellectualism, entrepreneurship. You actually see entrepreneurial circles where, oh, you know, we're spiritual business people. And so the enemy, what Satan does is he connects these values, and then Christians we're looked at as, oh, we're ignorant. Um, you know, there, they're, they're, there's like a, their belief system is dated. You know, we used to believe that. but we've evolved. And and so what happens is you kind of have these values that are connected in a way that we know is not true. And so to, to the people who are watching right now who don't know the things of God, I will just say this, what breaks my heart is that they're seeking a power And I will say witchcraft works, which is why it's growing. And and I I know this is controversial, but the demonic does cooperate with your desires. And that's why it takes off because all these young people are like, oh, well, I I got a, a psychic reading and it was right. I tried to do this thing, you know, I'm doing tarot cards or whatever I'm consulting and it was right. And so what happens is just like when Jesus was taken up on the mountain and he was tempted by Satan. Satan said, I'll give you all this. I mean, he is the prince of the power of this earth and does have the ability to give and to, and you know, I used to say the devil's in the blessing business too. It's just that that blessing will cost you everything. And so I'm confident that over a period of time, people are going to awaken to how bad this really is. It's
2: just, we're trying to save you from the consequences of it. Yeah, you know, it's deeply discouraging what is going on, right? This increase that we're seeing in all this. At the same time, what is interesting to me is that it exposes there's this God-shaped hole, which we've all talked about in different ways, but the fact remains, God created us. People are looking for connection to the Almighty. They're looking for something bigger than themselves, and we're in a me, me, me society. So, of course, the witchcraft thing, all of that, it makes sense that people are turning to it as culture moves away from faith, but I think it exposes that need that people have to connect with something, which is an opportunity for Christians, I would think, to step into that, right, in a more bold way. I don't know if you want to react to that at all.
3: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that was so good. I mean, what witchcraft is, it's power without accountability. And it's power without Christ. And people love the idea of being in control of their entire life. As a matter of fact, the Christian narrative is you can't find life until you lose your life. You literally surrender everything. And witchcraft is the opposite of surrender. It's control. And so really what's sad is what we're seeing is millions of people around the world abandoning their faith because they're so desperately in search of control. I think coming through the last several years, people feel like they live in a chaotic world and witchcraft gives them access to a form of control. The only problem is it's going to cost you everything. It's going to ravage your life. It's going to damage your life. And what I think Christians have always done, I mean, even before the old covenant, it was Noah saying, hey, there's going to be a flood. I'm giving you an opportunity. There's a consequence for the Way you're living your life. And Christians have always, the narrative of people of faith uh, has always been, we are giving you an opportunity for, for true freedom because what you have right now looks like a form of freedom, but the, the toll that it's going to take is too great. And unfortunately, there's they're going to listen to us now or they're going to listen to us later, but either way, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus Christ.
2: That was Mike Signorelli talking about Hocus Pocus 2. You can find out more about his life in ministry over at MikeSignorelli.com.
0: All right, Billy, thanks for that conversation with uh, Pastor Signorelli. He's got a good perspective on these things, and so I enjoy I enjoy hearing from him. So appreciate that. And that leaves us with time for one last thing today, guys. And we're going to go into 2 Timothy 4. I'll read it real quick. It says, Preach the Word. Be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itchy ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and they'll turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. And man, I was going through that in my daily reading and it just seemed like, okay, we're living through that right now. (laughs) That's what it seems like to me.
2: Yeah, we're living through it, and who knows how much worse it's going to get, but I can't, I mean, I look back in, you know, when I was younger, when you were younger, when we would see these things happen, they were so isolated. Now, it's so monumentally expansive. It's happening at every level. It's happening in media. It's happening, you know, in churches, and so you're watching not only the culture fall away, but, you know, a chunk of churches that are just no longer churches. They're bizarre social clubs. I don't even know if you can call them that.
0: Yeah. Mm
1: Hmm. Yeah, no, I think so, too. And and I think this verse is just such, all the stories that we've gone over today, I think, are a great reminder of why. Uh, this message from Scripture is so important for us to hear, right? Because it can be so easy, I think, to be wooed by the, the siren call from the world uh, to, to buy into all this stuff because we're surrounded by it, right? We hear it in our entertainment, in our news coverage, in our classrooms, wherever. So, you know, the only place that we're hearing truth is from Scripture in our church and Christian community. So, I, you know, I think it's important now more than ever that we really kind of invest in
0: those spaces because yeah. the
1: rest of the world is, is pushing stuff that is just like that passage said, so contrary to truth.
0: Yeah, and even just reading your Bible more and, and getting into more Bible studies, yeah. because um, people are not just coming up with bad ideas and following them. They're taking Scripture and often twisting it. I mean, I right. saw one going around the other day of Romans 12, just getting completely, you know, just twisted out of context. And it was just, you know, if people aren't discerning and aren't reading their Bibles and doing their own studies, they're not going to know this. So, So we can all do that. We can all take note. But as for now, that's where we're going to have to leave it for today's episode. God bless. Lord willing. And that creek don't rise. We'll see you back here tomorrow.